Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. Did you know that every day, 365 days throughout the year, every single day has a holiday? And some days have more than one holiday. Do you happen to know what today's holiday is? You probably didn't pick, up, pick it up on the news or the, the radio or anything. But, you know, today, it's interesting, today is National Umbrella Day. <laughs> on February the 10th, apparently... Our nation celebrates National Umbrella Day in honor of one of the world's most invaluable inventions. On a rainy day, listen, it is a magnificent and great invention. But on a sunny day, it's not. But anyways, this article says, on a rainy day, we are sure glad that someone was smart enough to invent it. It's also increasingly popular to use umbrellas to shade ourselves from harmful UVA radiation and the heat of the sun. Umbrellas come in all sorts of sizes, shapes, colors, and designs. Businesses and organizations use them for advertising. The smallest umbrella fits inside a purse or a glove compartment. Golf umbrellas are very popular sizes as well. Then there's lawn and beach umbrellas. There's one or two made just for you, this article says. Anyways, this is a day that we've set aside to celebrate national umbrellas. Wow. You know, it's interesting. As I scroll on Facebook and Instagram and social media, I'm constantly seeing National Dog Day and National Cat Day. It seems like every other week it's National Dog Day or National Cat Day. You know, we have holidays for everything. We celebrate holidays for those who served in our armed forces, those who serve in Congress. All over the board, we have holidays. But you know, there's one thing that we don't celebrate too often. We might celebrate our soldiers overseas or in-house. In, in but we don't celebrate those who are serving in the Lord's army. And so today I just want to share this thought with you. And I hope that you can take this thought and make it your own thought today. So this is the title of my sermon. I'm a soldier for the Savior. I'm a soldier for a Savior. I believe every day is a national holiday that we can celebrate the fact that we are soldiers for a greater military force than the Marines, than the Army, then the Navy SEALs, and any other branch out there. And that is the Lord's Army. God's Army is the greatest army this world has ever seen. And if you're a part of the body of Christ, you're a part of His Army. And it's time that we, as brothers and sisters in the household of faith, we get in, involved and plugged in to the service of Jesus Christ. Today, I want to ask and answer this question. How can we be a good soldier for the Savior? Look, look down here. It says... It says a few different things, but, but in verse number 3, it says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Would you say good soldier with me on three? One, two, three. Good soldier. Now try it again, please. Good soldier. Now I want this side to say good, and I want this side to say soldier. You ready? On three. One, two, three. Good soldier. Now let's reverse it. This side say good. One, two, three. Good soldier. I hope that it's your goal and your Christian walk to become a good soldier for Jesus Christ. Today, I want to share with you three thoughts from this passage about being a good soldier and how we can become good soldiers for Jesus Christ. Listen, you don't have to be a man to be a soldier in God's army. 
You don't have to be a woman to be uh, a soldier in God's army. You can be a little boy or a little girl. God accepts anybody who's willing to humble herself before his will and his word and his spirit. Today, I want to share with you from verses 1 and 2 this first thought. A good soldier will grow in strength. A good soldier will grow in strength. Maybe you have, at some point in your life, or maybe right now, you go to the gym and you work out. Um, maybe you're trying to shave down your mile time to a, certain, to a certain number. Or maybe you're trying to curl you know, an extra pound or two uh, with the dumbbells. Whatever it is, the only way to get stronger in the gym is, you know what you got to do? You got to go to the gym. <laughs> the only way to get in shape is you, you got to go and work to get in shape. It does take a lot of work. The only way to shave your mile time below 10 minutes or below 9 minutes or below 8 minutes is to go out and start running around the track. Because if you don't run around the track, you're not going to go faster. Or you're going to walk if you're trying to walk a certain amount. Anyways, I say all that to say this. Is that when we are taking care of our physical bodies, the only way we're going to ever lose weight is if we control our diet and our exercise. And some of you fine folks have been doing a great job at that this year. So God bless you and may you continue to do that. But anyways, I say all that to simply say this. Is that there's something greater in our life than just taking care of our bodies. I believe we're called to be good stewards of the earthly tabernacles God has given us. But God has called us to grow in strength and spiritual strength so that we can go out into the battle of, of the spiritual warfare that we're facing so that we can be greater used by God. As I read these two verses, I wrote down a few thoughts. Underneath, a good soldier will grow in strength. As I read verse number one, look at verse number one. It says, Is thou therefore, remember Paul's writing to young Timothy, his convert and disciple in the faith, and he writes chapter one. He says all the things he wants to say in chapter one. He says, Now therefore, my son, and this is this phrase, my son, is the two words in the New Testament that we gather that that Paul had some sort of, of influence in discipling and mentoring young Timothy. Some people say that Paul was about 60 years old at the time of this writing, and Timothy was probably around 30 years old. We don't know that for sure. It's just an estimated guess. But anyways, it says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I wrote down this thought. Grow in strength by the grace of God. Grow in strength by the grace of God. It's time that we understand this thought, that everything that we've been given... Everything that we have, anything in our life, past, present, or future, was given to us by the grace of God. I'm standing here preaching to you today. You're listening to me preach to you today, all by the sure, pure grace of God. And, and by the way, the only way we're saved is by the grace of God. The only way we're called into the service of God's army is through the grace of God. So just as we called out to God and said, God, save me. Before it's eternally too late, God saved us. And then he, he takes us and he plugs us into this service of the Lord's army. And I wonder, are you serving in the area that God has called you to serve? It's what this book is all about, church. Finding our place and God's calling in our lives. A good soldier will grow in strength. And he does that by understanding he can only grow by the grace of God. Sometimes we get into to the word of God and we might think, wow, I've studied God's word for many years now, and, and so I, I, 
I got a little bit of knowledge about God's word. Well, the only reason why you have a little bit of knowledge about God's word is because of God's grace in your life. So let's understand that. Let's understand this. That as I also read verse number one, I thought about this. Not just God's grace, but this also. Grow in strength by the Spirit of God. Grow in strength by the Spirit of God. You see, athletes are blessed all around. Those who play professionally, that is, whether it's basketball, baseball, hockey, whatever it is, they have, they have the whole package. They have the right body type. They have the right genetics. They've just been blessed with it. And some of us just don't have the right body type to be an NBA all-star. You know, if I was six foot five, I might have a chance. But since I'm five foot eight, I don't have that chance. <laughs> Anyways, I say that to say this. Grow in strength by the Spirit of God. God's Spirit is what comes into us to dwell in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds, and there we can grow in our knowledge. Yes, I believe reading commentaries is a good thing. It can only help add to your knowledge of God's Word. But I believe the greatest commentary is the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible talks about how how we are, we are called to teach and preach and study God's word precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. And then in the New Testament, the Bible talks about how the Spirit of God is going to lead us and guide us into the word of truth. I wonder, are we being obedient and receptive to the Spirit of God? You know, Brother Joel was talking about waiting on the Lord, and he referenced Psalm 37 earlier in, in Sunday school. And here's what it says. It says this, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. It says, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Another passage in, in the Old Testament, Isaiah said, if you wait on the Lord, you'll be renewed in strength. You'll mount up with wings as eagles. You'll run and not be weary and not faint. The Spirit of God is able to come into our lives to help us patiently wait on Him and to be obedient to His calling in our lives. And God's grace is all a part of that. Grow in strength by the grace of God. Grow in strength by the Spirit of God. But I also wrote down this. Grow in strength by the Word of God. How's your Bible reading so far this year? I'm going to say it every month throughout this year, or at least that's my goal, is to ask ourselves a question. How is our Bible reading? Listen, we read a lot of different things. Some of us read a little bit of what's a little bit too much of what's on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we spend more time on Facebook than we do in the, the book of books called the Bible. <laughs> and we're all guilty of that. Sometimes we're so connected to social media that we're so disconnected to real life. Does that make sense? You see, I believe that sometimes we're so connected, as Brother Joel talked about this morning, we're so connected to our devices that we're so disconnected from the God who's able to deliver us. It's time, church, that we understand this, that the only way we can be connected to the grace of God and the Spirit of God is through the Word of God. How do you want to be a good soldier? Do you want to be a good soldier? How can you do that? Well, you can grow in strength. How does somebody go to get stronger as they go to the gym? Well, you know, you can't expect to become a shredded, fit athlete after the first time working out in the gym. You can't expect to lose all the flab and get all the muscle after one week in the gym. It takes time. It takes consistency. And the only way we can engrow and our knowledge of God's word is a consistent 
time set aside on a regular basis meditating and studying the Word of God as individuals, as family, as church family. That's what it takes, church. Grow in strength. I'm a soldier for the Savior. Are you in the Lord's army? Are you willing to grow in your strength? I know that some of you here this evening spiritually, you are as fit as fit as ever. But how about you take it up to the next level? How about you get a little bit more fit in your spiritual walk with the Lord Jesus Christ? I also wrote down this as I continue to, to read um, verses 3 through 4. I wrote down secondly, not just a good soldier will grow in strength, but I wrote down this thought, a good soldier will endure hardships. A good soldier will endure hardships. Listen, I have no idea what it's like to be in combat. Sure, I've shot a deer, I've shot a squirrel. But I've never been in combat when people are shooting at me and I'm shooting at them. And there's times that a soldier has to go through things that they never thought that they would ever go through out on the battlefield. And here, as, as we think about that, we have to think about this. Is that throughout our Christian walk, there's going to be days, there's going to be times that we will not expect what's coming. That is, we won't have to dodge the earthly bullets of another nation, but we'll have to dodge the darts of the devil. And today, sometimes the hardships that we face, sure, we might bring them upon ourselves, those trials, but then there's going to be times that, that they're sent our way to help distract us and deter us from our relationship with God. And may I say this, it doesn't matter if it's an illness or a financial hardship or a crisis in your marriage or whatever it is. Do not let anything deter you from your walk with Jesus Christ. In fact, I believe the things that we go through when we go through the valley, I believe instead of running from God, we should run to God. When we're on top of the mountain, I believe we should run to God and not from God. You see, here's a temptation. There's two ways of this level. Sometimes when we get on the mountaintop, we run far from God. And then sometimes when we get into the valley, we run to God. But then there's people who will run from God when they're in the valley and run to God when they're on the mountain. I submit to you today that as a child of God, if you want to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ, we've got to run to God on top of the mountain and in the valley and everywhere in between. Let's endure hardships, church. You're going to face trials. I'm going to face trials. Our church may face trials as a whole. And our church has faced some over the years. And by the grace of God, we've pushed through them. So I wrote down this thought. Endure hardships by pressing onward. Endure hardships by pressing onward. Yes, there's going to be times in your life and my life, we're going to receive bad news. And listen, we may not want to receive it sometimes. But let's press onward. That's what a soldier would do in combat. You know... There's times when people go off into the military, their best friend goes with them, or they develop a best friend. And sometimes they lose that best friend right in combat. Sometimes their whole group is taken out by a bomb except for one or two people. Sometimes they're all gone. And then it not just affects them in the military, but it affects the family back home and the friends. I've learned this over the past seven or eight years. That life will go on with us or without us. And while we're on this earth, let's keep pressing forward. Let's keep moving forward and marching in this battlefield of not just the mind, but also of the spirit. 
The Bible says in verse number three, thou therefore endure hardness. In other words, develop endurance in your Christian walk that'll get you through the trials. It says, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I wrote down this next thought after I read verse four. I wrote down endure hardships, not just by pressing onward, but I wrote down this, endure hardships by looking upward. The greatest help you could ever receive when you're going through a trial is from Jesus Christ. Yes, you can go see a counselor and you can go see a pastor. You can go see a mentor. You can go see all those fine folks and they're going to help you in some level. But the greatest help you could ever receive is through the word of God and through Jesus Christ. So, so whenever you're going through, look up to Jesus Christ. He alone can offer aid. He alone can offer assistance. He alone can offer help. And no matter what trial, tragedy, or triumph you're facing. I'm afraid that when we're in the heat of the battle of our walk with Christ, far too many times I have stopped looking upward and I started looking downward. That is, my, my mind was focused on, on what's on this earth and how I can change it. But you know as well as I do, God is the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God of the universe. He has more power, more knowledge, and more wherewithal than all of us combined. And he's able to, to transform anything that we face. So let's look to him. Look at verse number four. It says, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Isn't that interesting? When a soldier goes off to battle, when they, they are trained, they are trained and disciplined in a way that they are focused on that moment in life and I submit to you that we should be focused on the spiritual aspect of life far more than the physical aspect. Let's focus on looking upward no matter what we face. I also wrote down this as I read the last half of verse 4. It says that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. I wrote down this, endure hardships by looking inward. Not just pressing onward, not just looking upward, moving forward in life and looking up to Jesus Christ, but also wrote down looking inward so that we can understand this, that there's times in our walk with Jesus Christ that we have to ask ourselves the hard questions. Is there anything in my life that is harming my relationship with Jesus Christ? Is there anything in my life that is hindering me from being a better soldier in the Lord's army? And that's what this phrase means, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. God specifically handpicked you to be a soldier for his kingdom. And it's time that we ask the Lord if there's anything in our life that's displeasing to him and we ask God's help to get rid of it. A good soldier will grow in strength. Are you growing in strength? A good soldier will endure hardships. Are you willing to Endure the trials that life brings. And then I wrote down, as I, I, thirdly, as I read verses 5 through 7. A good soldier will strive to win. A good soldier will strive to win. Now before we switch camps, church camps that is, we would have all these sport tournaments at Springs of Life. And they were a lot of fun. And, and I'm afraid that myself, along with some of the other fellows, took it a little bit more seriously than, than we should have. Um, but we would get a volleyball team together. And uh, I remember distinctively, we practiced. We went over there to the gym. It was an outdoor gym with, with a roof over top of it. And we practiced these sets in volleyball. So they, we would do one hit and another hit. And somebody would hit it up 
right next to the net, and I would jump up, and I would spike that thing. And we practiced, and we had it down to a pretty good science. And it was going really, really well in the games. And then there was another team there in one of the other churches. I can't remember who it was. And so I jumped up as high as I could, and I reared back, and I hit that ball as hard as I could, and it smacked a young lady right in the face. And I'm telling you, I felt bad about that. I really did. And uh, maybe that's why we switched camps, <laughs> just to be truthful. Uh, but anyways, years ago, it was really bad. I, I, I just had to win at everything. It was really, really bad. And it's eased down a little bit since then. But in our Christian walk as a soldier, we should strive to win in our relationship with Christ. Look at verse 5. It says, and if a man also strive for masteries. In other words, some, some um, competitive athlete going out and, 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 and trying to win. He says, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. I wrote down this. Strive to win by contending courageously. What did Jude say? You remember that one little chapter in the New Testament before the book of Revelation? He said, earnestly contending for the faith. I'm afraid that far too many of modern Christians are pretending about their faith instead of contending about their faith. Would the real child of God, will the real man of God, will the real woman of God stand up and contend for their faith? That was once delivered among the saints. An athlete going out into to the game. Is going to do their best. To win. And if they're not doing their best. Their coach is going to put them on the bench. I mean can you imagine Michael Jordan. Going out into the basketball game years ago. When he was playing back in his heyday. And not giving it all he had. I remember hearing about Michael Jordan. Having the flu. And had a temperature of over 100 degrees. And was as sick as a dog and went out and played a game and they won. I believe that's the kind of fervor that we and energy and devotion that we need contending for the faith. We need to courageously contend. Let's do it. As I read verse 6, I wrote down this. Strive to win by laboring faithfully. Not just contending courageously, but also laboring faithfully. Here the Bible talks about a husband going out and laboring in the field, whether it was a farmer planting corn seeds and getting corn or going out and planting a vineyard to get grapes and doing all that stuff. Here the Bible says that the husband goes out and he labors and he partakes the fruit first. In other words, when we are called in our Christian walk, when we're out laboring, we're called to do it faithfully. Faithfully. That is... Early, later on in the chapter of 4, the Bible says, Preach the word, young Timothy. Be instant in season and out of season. In other words, he says, Preach God's word. Proclaim and herald forth the message of Christ when you want to do it and when you don't want to do it. We are called, my fellow brothers and sisters, to labor for the Savior when we want to do it and when we don't want to do it. Did you know there's Sundays? Believe it or not, there are Sundays I do not want to stand right here and preach. And some days I have to put an acting face on and act like I'm up here wanting to preach. There's many times like that. And I'm sure there's many times you have a face because you're putting on a face because you don't want to listen to me preach, but you got to. You're stuck with me and I'm stuck with you. God bless America. Strive to win by laboring faithfully. Let's do it, church. 
But then I want to draw your attention to verse 7, the last verse. It says, consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. I wrote down this thought as I was meditating on there. Strive to win by comprehending completely. You see, in order to win a game, whether it's a board game or a basketball game or a football game, you got to play by the rules. And in order to play by the rules, you got to know the rule book. And I'm afraid modern Christianity doesn't know the rule book that God has given them. Now, I'm not saying Christianity is all about rules and regulations because it's not. It's all about a relationship. But hear, hear me out now. It, it, a successful marriage uh, between a man and a woman, you know, there's not going to be a list of do's and don'ts that the wife has for the husband and a list of do's and don'ts that the husband has for the wife. Uh, now, maybe you practice that and that works for you. May God bless you and pray for the rest of us that, that will do things like you. But anyways, it, it will not work that way. And if it does work for you, you know, hats off. But here in our relationship with God, God's word is not a list of do's and don'ts. It's not like that. Hear me out now. A man who loves his wife is going to want to do things for his wife. And a wife who loves her husband is going to want to do things that will please her husband. And in the same manner, the person who loves God is going to want to grow that relationship with God and be obedient to what God's word says. So let's comprehend God's word completely. You know, Yes, we need to read the Word of God. We need to study it. But we also need to understand it. And that's all what comprehension is. Years ago, I used to have a horrible time as an elementary school kid and middle school and high school. I had a horrible time comprehending what I would read. I would read something, and man, you know, it went one ear and right out the other. <laughs> but you know, by the grace of God, God has helped me over the years to be able to read and to be able to understand. Now, I might have to read that chapter in the Word of God, you know, several dozen times, maybe to understand a portion of it. But you know, the more we read, the more we will understand. So let's strive to win. Let's endure hardships. And let's grow in strength. You know, in conclusion, we sing a song with our young people. It says this, I may never march in the infantry, ride into cavalry, or shoot the artillery. I may never zoom over the infantry, but I'm in the Lord's army. I wonder, are you in the Lord's army? If you're a child of God, if you know Christ as Savior, you're in the Lord's army. But if, you, if you're not in God's army, then you know what? Heaven's not your home. Eternal home, that is. The Bible says, in fact, it says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. All we have to do is put our faith and trust in Christ's resurrection and what he did on the cross and we accept his death as our payment for our sins. And the Bible says that we are granted eternity full of forgiveness. And then we can be partakers of an eternal inheritance called heaven. And that on this earth, the Bible says to die is gain. Yes, it is. And one of these days, we'll all be with Jesus Christ forever. But until then, Paul said to live is Christ. So may God help each of us to live every single day for him and him alone. If you've never experienced God's forgiveness, listen, you need it. We all need it. If we confess our sins, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It doesn't matter what you said, done. 
in your past, in your present, or what you will do in your future. There's nothing you can say or do that will exempt you from possibly receiving the love of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God. I'm a soldier for the Savior. Will you dedicate the rest of your life to being in His army? Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.